All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the uh, Paramedical Tattoo Podcast. I just uh, roped the effervescent Liz <laughs> Cook into a talk about pigments, and I thought that this would be a pretty good surprise for everybody because it seems like the more that I talk about pigments and learn about them and ask questions about them, the less I know about them. And I know I'm not the only one. So <laughs> thank you for being here, Liz. <laughs> I am happy to be here as always. And uh, I feel like, you know, these are, it's, <laughs> we have these types of conversations on the fly all the time anyway, just in passing and when we're hanging out and doing stuff. So I, I mean, you know me, I love talking about all of this stuff. <laughs> Yeah, your passion is super inspiring. So I'm super glad that you're sharing that today. That one like that one flight that we had that uh, I made the guy <laughs> next to me move so you can sit beside me. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're just like, you're telling me all this stuff. I'm like, that is like a level of passion and dedication and expertise that you just don't see a lot in this field. And uh, I was really inspired by that. So I'm really, really, really glad that you're willing to share that here. Um, I will preface this um, little podcast episode to all the listeners and watchers out there in the future that um, you may not get the answers you were hoping for. <laughs> um, so that being said, no expectations. And I have a couple questions for you, Liz. Can I just kind of okay. shoot them off to you? Yeah. Okay. Shoot. So one of the common questions that I get that I'm also confused by, um, because the more I read about it, the less it makes sense to me, is what's the difference between organic and inorganic when it comes okay. to tattoo pigment? So I think a really good way to kind of start talking about this is first, we have to define what we're actually talking about. Unfortunately, there's several different industries that use a term of organic versus inorganic in different application. So when we're talking about food, we're talking about one type of organic that's defined in a certain way that also that changes by who's defining it. When we're talking about it as applied to pigment, we're really talking about it from a chemistry standpoint. And that is a totally different thing. And one of the assumptions that people regularly make that don't really understand the chemistry side of things is that inorganic and organic or are opposites. And they're not at all. They're just two different areas of orga inorganic tells us this about something, organic tells us this about something. So we immediately in the PMU industry are already biased towards accepting one as being good and one is not being good because of information that's been put out over time that hasn't necessarily been thoroughly explained or defined. I, you know, I'm not, I haven't been there for everybody, so I don't even know how they've received <laughs> all this, this different type of information. But from my anecdotal experience and from my scientific experience that I have, you know, been privy to being on the side of manufacturing and stuff like that. The biggest thing that I can tell you is from a chemistry standpoint, inorganic is referring to your metals, titanium dioxide, your oxides. They have a tendency in general to heal muted. We have organics, a different group of compounds that generally in terms of PMU or the body tattoos are going to heal more vibrant. 
in general, historically, we see that they don't last as long. But how we define them lasting as long is even up as a variable. So, and that also changes because science changes and science grows and what we know grows. And that is something that happens all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time, which obviously that's another reason to constantly be getting education on this. But at the end of the day, we have to also recognize that even how we on a chemistry level define the difference between inorganic and organic, the science, like sometimes we don't agree. Now, currently, that's something that like, if you ask scientists there, somebody is going to say, well, it means this. And another person is going to say, it means this. So we have to accept when we are talking about any of this, that a lot of the times, sometimes it's going to be fact. Sometimes it's going to be a generalization and we discover more stuff. So we have to allow ourselves to be able to say, this is what I know about it now. This is the anecdotal information this is what I've read in places and seen in studies or, you know, we have to be honest of where we're getting that information and who's giving us that information and what do they have to gain out of giving us that information. And we have to take it upon ourselves. It's our responsibility as a provider, but it's your responsibility as a student to go get more information out there and look up multiple sources of what you've heard and verify, your, verify it yourself. And so again, when we do go back and verify, if you've had a class over here that's like uh, inorganic is X, Y, Z, and then you go over here and you're like, well, no, it's actually ABC. <laughs> so now you need to do more work to go be like, well, what does it say on Wikipedia and who says this and what about this? So we have to be honest with ourselves and knowing that there could be some misinformation and there could just be not all the information that is what we're assuming to be fact. It could be anecdotal. And a lot of times it is anecdotal also. So, <laughs> so I, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I did preface this by warning people, like <laughs> you might not get the answers you're looking for because this is kind of what I keep coming up against and like, well, I have such a hard time, you know, and like, uh, you know, like um, the the pigments, the pink ribbon series, um, Sam headed up that whole thing and everything made a lot of sense to her. But the more questions I asked, the more questions I had. And mm -hmm. um, and then we're now we're doing the areola set. I just did it with you. And so we've been working with two completely different companies, but not really that different because, um, yeah, anyways, so um, like, I feel yeah. like I should have a pretty like, explain it like your five understanding of pigments. And I freaking don't, and neither do you. Well, so here we and are. And that's the thing, like, I mean, like people go to college for this stuff to be able to understand it because it's not something that you can just explain that a five-year-old would get. Yeah. It's not. And that's why we, we have to, go ahead. No, please finish why we have to. Well, and that's why we we have to be honest when we're talking about a generalization versus a fact. And we can't just put information out there like it's fact. We have to be honest with where it's coming from, who's putting it out there, and from you know our, our personal experiences of, I've never seen this, I've heard other people say this, X, Y, Z, or you know, whatever that may be. 
And again, who's putting the information out there? Yeah, I like that you said that there's like a general like people are like, uh, like lean towards uh, more of an approval of an organic thing and a disapproval of an inorganic thing because of all the marketing stuff. So we also yeah, have to, yeah. yeah, so we also have to recognize like our tendencies to make assumptions could stand in our way of real understanding too. Uh, I've had some really strong ideas about stuff in the past and been proven wrong. And now I just love being proven wrong because I'm like a student of life. Right. And uh, but man, it's hard to talk about this stuff when people ask questions and there's so many variables. So. Um, so. Hmm. OK, well, let's get specific then about one specific color that is also kind of a hot topic. Um, okay. White. <laughs> Okay, so this is, it, it. you know, it, we can say it's an easy color. It's not, it's not either. It has its own set of all the generalizations and stuff like that. And it's history in the PMU industry and the tattoo industry and stuff like that also. And it's very much a lot of, it's another example of where's the information coming from? Who is financially bidding from, benefiting from that information? Why has it gone out this way, you know, um, and and who's defining what? So um, I can't, I can only speak from my personal experience with the type of titanium dioxide that I've worked with within my company. There is not only one titanium dioxide and there's not only one type of white. So what every other pigment company in the history of pigment companies has used for any kind of tattoo pigment or PMU pigment or whatever, I can't speak to. But I can tell you, there's a lot of other stuff out there and how it heals in the skin, what it looks like when you're doing it, what it looks like when it's fresh, how it ages in all the different genetic types that we have in the world, how that's going to change geographically where you are in the world there are other variables that go into it and i mean as you know as being in the pmu world and whatnot we know genetics da 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 da, da. you know we we in general everybody has like a warning of like this can be different you know da 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 da, da. but then we have some out there that put information as it being fact of like don't tattoo with titanium dioxide in it because it's going to do this, this, this. And this is caused by this. And we see pictures and it's a claim of it being caused by titanium dioxide and whatnot. And I just have to say, there's so many other variables. And if it was that case, the FDA would be all over it to pull that shit out. And the FDA is already on us in several different ways of trying to get rid of stuff because there is such a stigma with tattoo pigment anyway. And the science is showing us that it is, if not the safest pigment that we could possibly use. It's used in so many applications outside of our stuff and shit that goes into the body. Also, I'm not just saying like, oh yeah, it's in our toothpaste and we brush our teeth with it. There's a lot of other medical applications and stuff that it does, it is in your body. So the main thing right now is there is not a lot of concrete 
scientific data to be able to support a lot of the negative information that's out there. Most of it from what I personally, and I'm telling you this, what I have done as far as my research, I haven't found good data. I have found a lot of anecdotal. And I would love to be, I, I eat this up. I want to know everything I possibly can. And I know there's a lot of people out there also. But just being honest from what I have personally seen, because that's all I can speak to, I just haven't seen good science on it as being a bad thing. And when I do come across an anecdotal, oh, this heals this way over time and it looks this way and whatnot, at the end of the day, it's still an opinion. I'm still not seeing great, even if someone shows me a photo, what lighting did they take the photo in? How did that person age? What are the genetics? It's very easy to write it as fact when it's just not. We don't know the medical history. It's so easy to assume this, but we just don't know. <laughs> awesome. So there's another well-answered question about titanium dioxide. Oh my God, man. I wish that it was like, it, I wish it was easy. Like I just it's wish that this easy. stuff was easy. You know, so many people ask me questions and they really want me to give them an easy answer. And they're really frustrated when I can't. And I'm like, but there's so much to know. There's just so much to yes. know. There's just well, so much to know. There is, there absolutely is. And, you know, again, it's from what perspective. And I think I would love to be a part of a bigger, um, you know, movement or whatever to be like, when we're talking about this, let's straight away, let's preface it with like, this is anecdotal. This is my opinion. Yeah. And ha have I seen this as factor or, or fiction and who is putting that information out there? We have to do that. I, even outside of our own industry, we have to do that now. Social yeah. media, like, I mean, there's so many things out there where we have to, we have to pull it up. You know, we have to do it ourselves as a student, as learning and getting this information, you have to ask those questions and be honest with yourself with the answer and take in all that information and take in all that experience. So when someone comes to you and is like, how have you used titanium and what are your experiences and what are the variables that could be the, you know, X, Y, Z cause as an instructor, you're honest to say, this is what I think I've seen. It's anecdotal. I don't have this science proof. I've just seen this. It still could have been all of these other things. As an educator, I have to say that. Yeah. As somebody that's teaching somebody else or showing somebody else, you have to say that. Yeah. Or you should say that. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. But if we were living in a perfect world, you would require yourself to put that out there. Like, hey, just so you know, this is my experience. I'm not a scientist and I haven't done, uh, you know, data, a molecular, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff to look at to prove something in science. We're not doing that. We're trying to do that. But like, again, who's financing that test? Because a lot of that costs a lot of money to do, to really know. And you have to have a lot of people and a lot of sources coming into that. So inevitably, who is going to be able to afford that? And where are they coming from? And I speak for myself from this. You know, I 
work for a company that makes pigment because I am passionate about it. But I also understand that. So when I educate people, when I give people that information in my perspective, I tell them I am biased. But that's the best I can do. Yeah. And that's the best I can tell you about titanium dioxide. There's a lot, there's a lot out there and it's not a guarantee of what you're seeing because we just don't have those kind of those studies. Yeah. And who would make those kind of studies? Like, what would you even focus on? Like, who would, who would be in charge of that? The pigment makers to some degree, right? Well, we have an opportunity as pigment makers to be able to do the right thing and raise the level of what it is to have clean pigment and do research and stuff like that. Because government will come down as soon as, you know, as soon as there's money to be made is when government generally gets involved. So, you know, or unless people die. And <laughs> contrary to whatever beliefs are out there, people are not dying from tattoos. Okay. It's there's it's just not happening. So it's the money. Um, obviously, that's my opinion. <laughs> but uh, you know, it takes a lot of money to do stuff like that. And there's agendas that facilitate that money being spent. So um, as manufacturers, we have our reasons for doing it. You know, we want a better product. We want to have that edge. Obviously, we want to sell. From me being an artist coming into the pigment manufacturing side, I'm an artist first. I will always be an artist first. I nerd out about the science of it because I'm also, I'm a nerd before I'm an artist. Um, But, you know, I'm passionate about it. It's something that I love. I want it to be something that continues to be something that can be done for, you know, I want my daughter that's two now when she's 20 something to be able to get a tattoo and feel confident and know that like, it's okay to put in her body. The, the connectedness that I have with the world and the growth that I've experienced has come from tattooing, whether it's permanent makeup, our body art. And that is something that I feel is so strongly is something that needs to be in the world. So everything that I can do to make that be something that continues to be a thing, I will do. And that means also working on the, the manufacturing side of it. So that's my personal motivation. But, you know, I can't speak to everybody else's motiv- motivation and stuff like that. So whenever I have this conversation, I'm just, I try to be honest and tell people where I'm coming from, what I believe in, and what I'd like to see happen. And then, I, and then I'll talk about titanium dioxide. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Awesome. So sorry, not sorry. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're dedicated to like, like preserving tattooing. That's awesome. That's something that I'm also very dedicated to. And that's like, I think one of the things that we have in common and why I wanted to work with you and why I enjoy working with you because it's not about the beauty industry or like likes and followers and money you're really like interested in preserving this craft and because it is a life-changing craft so um and I'm glad that you're interested in that enough to go down every rabbit hole to get to a point where (laughs) there is no answer (laughs) there's so many rabbit holes there is no answer yeah (laughs) which is wild (laughs) that's wild uh okay so I have another question 
Okay. So there's something new that I've been uh, reading about that I'm a little confused about. I'm like, is this another, like, just another term, like the next big thing? But what is hybrid pigment? What does that even mean? Is, is somebody just making this up? Or is it like something like you're a pigment maker, you know, like what is happening here? Honestly, I can only assume to know what somebody is referring to. I have not heard that. I don't know. I mean, like, I I honestly have no idea. I have to assume that it's probably, I'm inferring that it's probably talking about organic and inorganic in a singular color. That would be my first guess, but I don't know. I haven't heard this term before. And unfortunately, this is my opinion, the PMU industry slash tattoo industry is really bad about lots of different different terminology that has really great marketing and not necessarily scientific standard. So someone have to, someone would have to explain it to me because I don't know. That's three for three. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like the inkless thing when like I first started hearing about inkless. I'm like, I think that's just needling, you know, and it doesn't matter how many um, it doesn't really matter how many syllables you add to something, you know, like <laughs> it, it still just means tattooing. If we're perforating the skin, we're tattooing. If there's pigment there, it's tattooing. If there's not pigment there, it's tattooing. If there's serums there, it's tattooing. It's tattooing. It's all tattooing. So when I started hearing about inkless, I was like, oh, so somebody made something up to put on because they heard that hydrochloric acid or whatever hyaluronic acid was uh, could help with scars. However, um, it depends on the molecular weight because it can also make scars worse. And everyone that I talked to wasn't, about it doesn't know that. Wasn't Nicole, didn't that have, wasn't that in the, your mastery, um, yeah. your medical mastery class, right? Yeah. 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 I actually saw that and I was like, wow, that's something that like, I only have a limited knowledge of and certain, you know, like a different perspective on it altogether. That was actually one of the things I was like, oh, I need to take that class just to be able to ask that question about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so it's no, another you're... one. It's another chemistry one, you know, where there's like, there's a, there's variables, there's yeah. too many variables. And it comes down to also, um, it comes down to the person because some people are going to be more tolerant of, um, of chemicals and others. And then like the base and the carrier and the binders and all of those things that go into that, just same as pigment. Yeah. Um, because I, one of the girls in class, um, she worked on scar. She did some camouflage. So she added some pigment to stretch marks. That's what it was. She added some pigment to stretch marks in some areas. And then she tried inkless in other areas in the same session and the inkless uh, hyperpigmented. And she's uh -huh. like, I didn't do anything different. So I'm like, well, then there's the chemical reaction going on in the body. Yeah. So ask the person who you trained under what they would have to say about what red flags to watch out for and what people and what the skin tones this is going to work in or what to just what to watch out for. And she's like, she's like, well, well, the trainer never told me anything when I asked her. I'm like, then she didn't know. Yeah. Uh, man. Well, and then, you know, the more information you have or don't have, then you start walking back into that. Like, well, if it's this, it could be this. And like, if you don't <laughs> have, I mean, yeah. like, I have to kind of walk backwards from stuff like that and be like, well, based on what I've seen in both sides of the industries, I would logically do, I would think this, this, this. But if you talk to a doctor 
they're like, well, no, because of this, this, this. And that's the other thing too. Like, uh, I would say most of us are not doctors (laughs) and, um, you know, the doctors that I have spoke to have very nicely put me in my place straight away with this kind of stuff. So, um, you know, we're not doctors. That's the other thing. Yeah. And unfortunately also doctors generally don't know a whole lot about tattooing and the scar process and stuff like that either. We have a lot of educated people that have, you know, this information here from their perspective and this information over here. And at the end of the day, we can't say like, it's this or this, because we're really not able to look at all of the information right then and there and take all of it into account. You know, we're not AI. Maybe one day we'll be able to put all the prompts in of like, this person has this genetic and genetic blah, blah, blah. And this is their DNA and da, da, da. Maybe one day we'll be able to do that. But right now we sure can't. So we have to remember that. Yeah, there's just so many variables, hey? So is there any, do you think that there's any cut and dry, solid, reliable answers when it comes to pigment? Like I was taught, I remember uh, I took a very in-depth for me um, color theory class back in 2010. And I was like, I had no idea that PMU tattoo has put this much into color because when your body tattoo is, it's just like, oh, this will look good on you. Off we go. You're like off to the races. Um, I think I swear you read my mind. You read my (laughs) mind because that's exactly where I was going. Like things that we do know is, hey, if you, you know, if you put green or if you put yellow and blue together, you're going to get a green. If you put, you know, red and yellow together, you're going to get an orange. Um, And, you know, blue and red, you're going to get some kind of purple. So I think there's definitely foundation knowledge that even outside of the medical, outside of everything, outside of the generalizations, we know that we can manipulate pigments, we can manipulate color, we can manipulate stuff. Um, And as long as we have that, like, here's my foundation, and I want to keep on adding to my foundation, and knowing that some of it is, this is what happens most of the time, but sometimes other stuff can happen. I think as long as we go into that, color theory is definitely a 101 foundation. Um, how to, uh, muscle memory. I think there's a, a massive lack of that in fundamental, in any kind of training any kind of training, I think muscle memory and how to make it just very broken down to where anybody can get it and how to work with individuals. I think our education has gone in and whether it's permanent makeup or our actual education in schools like and stuff right now has gone so heavily into uh, cookie cutter, make you fit into the mold. And education is just not that way. We start with our foundation and we focus on what people are strong at and what they're not strong at, and we fill in the gaps. And as an educator, I think that is how we can be the best educators and teach people how to be able to complete the gaps of their education without us also being there. That's a lot, yeah. right? <laughs> that's, oh, that's nothing. 
I love it. I love it. It's like usually like I'm uh, like sharing information with people, but I love it when I just get my mind blown. And that happens a lot when I talk with you. So thank you. <laughs> and vice versa. We, I think we feed off of each other when it comes to this kind of stuff, which is great. You inspire me too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's like, um, it's like, it's so cool to talk to somebody who's like, as like, like you said, like you're a nerd, you know, I'm like, I geek out on shit all the time too. And so it's nice it. to talk to somebody who geeks out at that much, but on a totally different thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yep. Go ahead. I was just going to more love, love, inspire, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I didn't mean to talk over that. That's for sure. I'm just like a little mind blown right now because I was kind of hoping that I would get through this and feel like I had a more solid idea stuff. And my little brain is just like a little bit. I do not feel like I have a more solid idea on anything right now. <laughs> I mean, I guess if that was. It's not it's not a bad thing. We have to remember that like definite answers. We're so used to like, I want a definite answer because I want to know. And in the real world, it's just not that way. And it doesn't have to be that way. And we can still be great artists. We can still change our clients' lives, change our lives, and continue to seek out this information and continue to put out honest information. And we're going to be bettering ourselves and our industry and what we're doing. That is the goal. If tomorrow we improved compared to yesterday or today, then that is good. That is a good goal to have. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, because really we're just in competition with ourselves anyway, right? Um, Absolutely. It's like uh, it's like um, I uh, I ride horses, and um, so of course I go to horse sense. Um, but it's like when I'm, it doesn't matter how much horsepower I'm riding or where I'm riding them at, you know, like if I'm in a little rodeo or something, you know, like it doesn't matter. What matters is that um, I do my best that day and yeah. I'm present with my animal and I help my animal to do their best that day. And all that we really care about is being a little bit better than yesterday. So it's like, and tattooing yeah. is the same. It's like, uh, it's a mentalist game. And we're really just kind of on our own, just trying to like hone our skills and just kind of streamline our methods and just get a little better than we were yesterday. And I think that that's my favorite part about our job because like, if we didn't have that challenge, we'd get bored. Like we, we pick oh, yeah. this we pick this career because we like a challenge <laughs> and here we are 20 something yeah. years in each uh, feeling more challenged than ever. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. In our case, uh, ignorance is not bliss. And I know there's a lot of people in our industries that feel the same way and they want to know and they want to know for sure. And they want to do better. So you know, I think just honesty and foundation. 
Yeah, foundation. Yeah, that's a, that's one of the things that's missing in these like kind of five day. I call them crash courses because I know you can't learn how to tattoo yeah. in five days. You can't learn how to tattoo in five weeks or five months. You know, absolutely. And uh, so we are missing a lot of foundational stuff. So yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, I'm gonna invite. I'm gonna send you an invite, and then we'll close this up because I do try to keep these uh, kind of shorter. Um, would you be, would you be willing to do a webinar on this and maybe answer more questions than we could answer I today? I totally <laughs> would. I totally would. I love talking about this stuff and I love, I mean, to have the opportunity to reach more people and, you know, I, that's what it's about. I would love to. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, we will play around with dates then. And then by the time I put this up, by the time I edit this and put it up, um, I'll be able to include a date that works for you so that people know that they're, that this is a real thing that will happen. So <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Is, I'm excited. Is, is there anything before we close, is there anything that you wish that new PMU tattooists new or somewhere that they could look for information like is do you have any parting words of advice for somebody who's just figuring this out um really it's continued education know that you are going to to be to be in this industry and especially now with how saturated it is to be in this industry and do well at it whether that means doing hopefully it means doing good work on people, but also being able to pay your bills or some of your bills while you're doing it. Let's say that, that those are the main goals. Um, continued education. It never stops. Um, there, It's highly competitive, but at the end of the day, the education never stops. Does not matter how far you get into this industry, we're, I mean, we're both over 20 years now and we are still continuing to be educated. So when you get into this, have realistic expectations that this is something that it's not just a pick it up and it's a service that you can add. It's something that it is about really caring who you're working on and how that's going to change somebody's life. Yeah, I like that. But I thought you could we that we should all be making a hundred thousand dollars in our first month. Isn't no, I think that six, was three isn't months. Isn't this a six figure? Isn't this? I like, think that was three no reason you shouldn't be making a hundred thousand dollars right when you first start. Aren't we supposed to be trading in our twenty dollar an hour job for a two hundred dollar an hour job? Isn't that the yeah? <laughs> yeah. So you know. <laughs> There, there's that element, of course, also, but uh, I, as an educator, I don't want to mislead people and make them think that it's going to be a walk in the park. Yeah. Some people are going to naturally pick up stuff and some people aren't. And some people are going to have to work really, really, really hard to get, you know, what somebody can do in four years. It's going to take them eight years to do that. It doesn't, you know, at the end of the day, though, like, let's just be honest with ourselves that it is continued education. It is continued work. Um, and it's, you know, from one day to the next. Yeah. 
Yeah, it takes 10,000 hours to master something. And so if you've got kids and you're only tattooing part-time, then you like double that length. Totally. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. That's a whole other webinar right there. Kids and being (laughs) in the tattoo industry. A lesson that I didn't learn until a couple of years ago. And I will, uh, I take back anything, any advice that I gave anybody before I had a child. I apologize now. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what I was talking about. (laughs) Awesome. I'm just like, I got no kids. It's not my deal. I don't know. I don't know what you go through as parents. I do not know. <laughs> but I I have learned and I'm putting that out there into the universe now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for being here. And thank you uh, for having me. Thank you for accepting my invite to do a webinar. However, I feel like Uh, Talking about realistic expectations, maybe we should just get ready for that one, knowing that we may end up learning a thing or two, but maybe not all of the things, because I don't think that is possible. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Thank you, Liz. See everybody for the next podcast.